Hello, you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim on Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019. If you're listening on a different date, the show is either pre-recorded or being rebroadcast. Hi, I'm your host, Greg McKim. On this show, we talk about just about anything that has to do with home, owning a home, buying, selling, financing, maintenance, construction, rental properties, flipping. If it's re- related to a home, we talk about it. I've worked in real estate industry since well, roughly the 1970s, everything from digging foundations to owning a mortgage company. I am currently a licensed loan originator with Loanzilla. My license is 106202, and Loanzilla license is 67412. I'm also a licensed real estate broker with Rockwell Realty. Now, of course, I don't claim to know everything about homes, but I know quite a bit, and I'm here to share it with you. The things I don't know, I bring in guests, especially when I find interesting topics, which I'm fascinated with what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get started, I just want to do a little update on what I think is going on or what I've seen in the real estate market. Two quick examples. Somebody called me up, not my buyer, somebody interested in getting a home loan, and they're in contract to buy a home in Redmond for right around $1.2 million. And I asked him, I said, how many people were you competing with? He said, 12. <laughs> okay. I said, do you have any contingencies? No. They waived their finance contingency. They waived their appraisal contingency. They waived, their ins- they waived everything, inspection contingency. Then today I talked to somebody else that's buying a home down in Renton Highlands in the f- 570 range. It was listed for 575. They made an offer for uh, f- 555. They settled at about 562 and all their offers and were able to keep all their contingencies. So it's really spotty. It's kind of surprising that the 1.2 million range has that kind of competition. You'd think it would be more in the 570 range, wouldn't you? But that's where it is. And, um, you know, usually on the show I bring up some nasty thing one of the big banks has done lately, and I have a few, but I don't want to talk about it today. I've got a couple guys here that have so much to talk about, so fascinating, and I'm not going to rag on the big banks today. Maybe just put my little, you know, two cents in. Don't bank with big banks. Bank with local banks and small mortgage brokers like me. Um, as far as interest rates go, they haven't changed much since last week, so we're still in a really good interest rate market for either refinancing or buying a home. So, as I mentioned, I have two guests in here today. Um, the president of MGO Systems, Scott Jenkins. And Scott, you're down from, you're up in Anchorage? Up in Calgary. Calgary. Canada. Canada, okay. Canada. And Ken, how do you pronounce your last name? Prestigard. And I've seen, it, I've seen it in type a couple times, but I never actually said it out loud. Prestigard. Perfect. And you are with Paragon Prefab Construction. Correct. Okay. So I'm not quite sure how I met these two. Well, this is the first time in person, but I think one of them sent me an email. I believe I did. I think Ken did, yes. And I clicked on a link, and I, and I saw these two little structures about the size of a woodshed burning down. And one of them burned down, just like you would think a wooden woodshed would burn down, just in minutes, a gigantic bonfire. And the other one, constructed out of their MGO modular walls, stood there and basically didn't burn. And I thought to myself, wow, that's fantastic. So I looked into it some more, you know, my construction background. I said, why isn't everybody building out of these? So my first thought was, well, they cost too much, da, da, da. But I'm starting to learn quite a bit about the product. And... Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background here. Scott was with um, another company that was, the name of it's DIRT, which is interesting, D-I-R-T-T Environmental Solutions. And what is that all about? Well, DIRT stood for doing it right this time. It was our uh, 
little play on words when that company got going to kind okay. of remind ourselves of our successes in our past business lives, but also maybe more remind us more so of our failures and mistakes and try not to repeat <laughs> them. Yeah. So that was hence the name Dirt, which uh, you know was a small company when I joined, and uh, we built it into about three hundred million in sales and took it public in twenty thirteen. Well, what I see here is that it actually was the largest prefab interior construction company in North America at one time. It is still to this still day is. the largest interior prefab construction company. It's uh, how I know uh, Ken and the large team at Paragon, both in Washington State and in Alaska, and we were business partners. And uh, so when I joined MGO Systems, it was a natural relationship for us to become business partners again and, okay, so and you guys launch have our new venture. Okay. That's right. Yeah, so, we, we do have a little background. Uh, I started with Dirt in 2005, so we're early adopters in the prefab interior construction business. All right. Now, this product audience is really unique. MGO stands for magnesium oxide. And I would before the show, they have a couple samples in here. I have one in my hand right now. It's two think about maybe quarter-inch boards sandwiched with insulated, um, what would you call it, styrofoam? EPS. EPS. Yeah. What does yeah. EPS stand for, Scott? Uh, so it's extruded polystyrene. Okay. Uh, styrofoam, we could use that as a term. Uh, if anybody from uh, the good folks at Dow are listening, they might sue us for patent infringement, but that's okay. Oh, but that's so a, that's, EPS, that's it's a brand Kleenex name. versus uh, got it. Okay. tissue paper. You got it. So they were talking about these boards. Now, I've seen a lot of construction. You know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of cedar especially exterior, you know, plywood, and then they went into the, 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 the LP, GP sidings for a while, they, the warehouse. And then the, the most recent product I see all the time is the cement board, and Hardy board is one of the most popular ones. Probably one of the best known. Yes. Yeah. This product, the magnesium oxide product, has some really unique qualities. When we were standing out in the lobby, Scott opened up his phone and showed me a video guy with, what, what was that, an acetylene torch. It was a cutting torch. Cutting torch. 2,000 degrees. 3,000, the type of torch you used to cut into metal. Yeah. That you would right. cut if you, if you were trying to like break into a bank vault. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I shouldn't talk about bank Yeah. yeah but your that, hatred for bank, big banks. <laughs> it just came you know, through again. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And they, there was somebody holding that torch, must have been six inches away from this magnesium oxide board, and you, it wasn't burning. Wasn't it, burning and no heat dissipation. You could touch the panels on the other side and, and okay, uh, no tell, heat getting Tell there. me why this has those. Wh- what are the properties that make it so that it's so heat resistant or what do you call it? Heat tolerant heat? Yeah, fire resistant. Fire resistant. Heat, okay. And heat resistant. Okay, what, what? Why? Uh, well, maybe I could take a step back and just talk about magnesium oxide. It's there we a, go. Building, a building product, magnesia, that's been used uh, in cement for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, centuries. It's actually the original cement, uh, Roman aqueducts, Great Wall of China. Uh, the last major building project in the United States to use it is the Brooklyn Bridge, actually, which is going to stand the test of time, one of the best built structures in the United States. Hmm. Uh, the challenge in the United States and in Canada, you know, back in the early 1900s, was there is no raw magnesium mines, or at that time, no. And so they invented Portland cement, which is the world around us. And Portland cement is used in Europe. It's used all around the world. It's, it's Portland cement is, I didn't know that it was called Portland. I mean, I've mixed more cement than I can count. Yeah. You know, wheelbarrowed it across, you know, found it. Oh, my God, that's a horrible work. <laughs> it's, but but that's, that's Portland cement. That and just, Portland you know, cement is sand a, gr- and it's a great building product. And, it's, yeah, right. and your aggregate and mixing. Mm-hmm. But the actual cement, the binding agent, requires a tremendous amount of energy to make. And Portland cement itself, you know, a, a cement wall is generally fire resistant. The benefits with uh, magnesia cement are it's a much lower temperature to make. It's effectively carbon neutral in the manufacturing process. 
But of course, the challenges are the raw materials needed to make it are not readily available in North America. China has 65% of the world's raw magnesia and two other very friendly countries to the U.S. North so, so I'm pronouncing Russia. it right. Not magnesium, magnesia. Magnesia is the raw ore, if okay. you will, that goes into making the manufacture of the board. Which is then magnesium. Right. All right. So what, what I think the world's realizing now and, and with some of the tragic construction fires and other things is that this is a superior product, but it's really been such a small niche. And I think a lot of people are starting to see the benefits, uh, whether it's you know no mold because it's inorganic uh, for the SIP panels, structurally insulated panels and using magnesium board rather than an OSB or lumber product. Let's stop for a second. Audience might not know what SIP means. Can you please okay. explain that? So a structurally insulated panel. Mm-hmm. So a prefab panel rather than a stick built or two by four construction. Now so you contractors panels. and framers, people out there, you know what he's talking about. But the average homeowner, you probably live in what's called a stick built home. That means they brought a whole punch, big pile of lumber, put it outside the house. Maybe maybe you were there when they're building it. Maybe you, the house is 50 years old and they start putting it up one piece at a time, just like sticks, kind of like pickup sticks. And they nail them together. They lift the wall up modular walls have been around a long time, of course, because that's something you did before you got involved at MGO. That's correct. And there's pros and cons, but the biggest advantage is you can build them a little bit faster and cheaper in in the factory than you can because of the labor. The labor, the labor is, you know, as we're seeing here in the United States, uh, throughout North America, getting, and I'm just going to guess, and maybe I ask a question back to you, Greg, you know, how difficult here in Seattle and in Washington State is it to get a skilled carpenter, framer, electrician, plumber. It, it, I, I, I'm the president of an 88-home HOA, and we're always looking for somebody. The most recent guy we found who has a construction background, he's 72, 50-an-hour handyman. And we only be able to find him because our property manager has connections with him. It's hard to find anybody of quality. And then the people that are usually a lower price are really hard to depend upon because... It's just why that's just the nature of it. it so one of the things that you know I, I'm aware of is that uh, building a, a prefab um, um, wall, the, the actual materials might be more expensive, but it is the labor cost that makes it more cost effective overall. Correct, Scott? Correct. Yeah, multiple studies. Iris means for a lot of your listeners uh, would be a, a, a well-known kind of organization study. What was the name of it? Iris means. You know, in terms of construction costs, it's a great database of construction costs. And yeah, their no, estimate is 55% savings. So use that as a rule of for, thumb for labor. for labor savings. Okay. And and the speed of construction is just huge over that. Okay, Ken, so give an example. Let's say let's say I've already got the foundation poured, I've got the plates on, and I'm starting to put up walls. Okay. And and how much faster am I going to, if I'm doing stick build, how much faster am I going to put these, these prefab walls? Oh, at, at least 30% faster. 30% faster, okay. Now, right. now these could be used for more than just walls. These could be your foundation walls. They can be your structure walls. This can be your roof system. Okay, so now why would somebody use this instead of just cement for their foundation? I mean, cement, the foundation is usually underground. It's yep. usually, you know, it's, it's not. Come, it, it comes right back to labor costs and speed of construction. Same thing. Yep. Even though this might be more expensive per square foot of the actual, or per cubic foot, I should say, of the actual concrete, the labor of pouring that concrete, and, which is labor-intensive business, the pump truck, everything that goes with that. Are the, guys, are the t- guys putting up a block wall? I mean, that's very labor-intensive. Any, any type of uh, foundation wall is labor-intensive. Let's yeah, and for, for probably for a, a lot of your listeners, you know, a, a good analogy would be if they're doing a, a, a home renovation or a, 
uh, they're building a new home, they're pouring the foundation, and they want their basement to be usable. So they have a cement, a concrete, you know, your Portland cement foundation, which has no thermal capabilities. They build one wall, and then they're immediately framing, another insulating one of my, great a point. second wall, and you know another, two walls you know you another problem for. with the standard way of building a footing and a, and a, and a foundation off of it? Spreaders. Spreaders eventually leak. Where I live, this is why I bring this up, out of 88 homes, one a year, spring, their 50-year-old homes, springs a leak through the spreaders. We have to deal with getting water out of, because they're on slabs, we, we're getting, in their daylight basements, getting that water out of there. It's a pain. And, and, and I don't know why somebody hasn't come up with a way to build a spreader that doesn't, you know, made out of wood because so, it rots and soaks water in like a sponge eventually. And not to mention the possible uh, mold. Factors. Yes. I hadn't thought about what you guys were saying, though. You got the mold, and you've got, when you build a concrete wall, you, nobody seals them on the inside either. They always seal the outside. They should seal them on the inside. They hardly ever do. And they just, they, they stick, build another wall out of it with sheetrock. So you're doing the, the wall twice. This replaces both. You're doing the wall twice. And, you know, and unfortunately, mold, as we're learning, is, you know, there's people with children and the black yeah. mold issues, and you don't know what's lurking behind those walls and your air quality in your homes. So this is highly mold-resistant. It's inorganic. Mold won't grow on this product. You know, I should mention, anybody who's interested in talking to Scott or Ken about this can dial in between now and the end of the show, which is about 3.55, at 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527. And if you'd like to learn more about the MGO Systems and Paragon Prefab, please go to their website, mgosystems.com. That's M as in Mary, G as in Greg, or M as in McKim. I like that. G as in Greg, O as in Oscar, systems.com. So, um, by the way, you can always reach me off air at 206-250-6545 or my email, gmckim, that's G-M-C-K-I-M at lonezilla.com or go to my website, lonezilla.com. So um, I, I just got so many questions. Now, you met with my cousin today who owns a company called um, FabCap. Yes. And he, was, he sent me a text. He's excited about this. What sort of applications does he think he might be able to, to utilize this? Is he t- you guys talk about well, it? Well, his, his, his main comment to us that they're looking at the mold problem. He's got clients that are worried about mold, and so this is a, a perfect solution for him. Okay. So let's go through the benefits of this product again. Unbelievably fire-resistant. I mean, very few things can take an acetylene torch, like I mean, steel. Yeah, steel. And 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 you know, for the for the listeners, that, you know, I apologize. You know, we, we don't have the video to show on the radio right, yeah. show. But Greg Greg saw it. Yeah. It is you know, if they go to mgosystems.com. That's right. You know, we're kind of highlighting at the shock value, the fire resistance qualities of this product are incredible, but. There's also the benefits of mold resistance, water resistance, thermal capabilities. So think of your heating and cooling costs in a building. We talked a little mm-hmm. bit about foundations. So the structurally insulated panel, SIP panel, is kind of the industry term a little bit, are superior. You don't have, now this is a little more complex, you don't have the thermal bridging issues. That little draft you get in an old home, you know, when you construct a home, or the little vapor barriers that are pierced, talking about the foundations, but what about mm-hmm. the first floor and the second floor? So you have a much uh, better building envelope. You build floors out of these too. We build floors and ceilings out of them. Floors, too. ceilings, walls, foundation. Yep. Just not windows. Not windows. Not windows yet. You can't see, you know, what you're holding, Greg. You can't see <laughs> through it. We'll have the opening cut for the window for you. 
so or the door. It, it has better sound dampening than a, than a typical stick-built home. Yep. Uh, and this this insulation is, it, this replaces the standard bad insulation or blow-in. This is the this is your insulation. Correct. Which is it has a better R value per per inch than or about equivalent. But about equivalent. But you're not going to have you know there's the two types. You got your fabric insulation. You know mm-hmm. your Fiberglass Pink and other brands yep. out there, great, but you're going to have gaps or you're blown in insulation, right? right Which right. are the gaps. But the blown in insulation, you know, the guys come in their gas masks to apply that, and there's a reason. It's a petroleum based product and based on the cyanide molecule. Okay. So the MGO board itself doesn't have any off gassing. And how about the, um, What's it? What do you call it? The, te- the instead of styrofoam, EPS. 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 Does it have any off gassing or, or so? Or just- it, it would. It's a little bit. Of, you know, we have to show folks that because it's encased, much like the the video we were showing a little bit earlier before we got, came on air, uh, the MGO board ensures that there's no flame can get through. So mm-hmm. There's no heat that gets through. Right. Because EPS, if it does hit an open flame, it is. You know, it's one of the kind of the the little Achilles heel where you gotta say, well, that would be a challenge. Yes. But the flame never gets there. Okay. In, in, insect and resi- uh, rodent resistant, of course. I'm holding a piece of this audience yeah. in my hand, and it's remarkably light too. It's it's light. The panels themselves, like for a large panel, it's it, you know it's a lot lighter than concrete. It has some of yeah. the same capabilities, benefits. Concrete, typical Portland cement, does have some organic compounds in it. So that's where you know, in terms of insects, mold resistance, MGO is inorganic. Well, for one thing, all concrete cracks. I don't care. Yep. We we had a bunch. We just had a whole pool apron, a huge spin. And, and the next day there was a hairline crack. You cannot pour concrete without cracks. And over time, water gets in them. It expands. It contracts. And that's the way concrete works. Freeze, Plus, concrete uh, concrete is actually somewhat porous, no matter what you do either, unless so, you seal it and do all kinds of things to it and to put an interior wall in it, like we talked about. So Portland cement is much more porous than magnesium cement. That makes sense. The Brooklyn Bridge. Okay, we're going to go... And much more brittle, I'd say, too. It's about... We go to a break every 20 minutes or so, so we're about to hit a break, and uh, we'll come back and we'll just start asking more questions about how how builders can use this, where they can find out more, some of your experience with some of the jobs you've done, some of that sort of thing, okay? Sounds great. So you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show that covers home ownership from A to Z. We air here every Tuesday at 3 p.m. on 1150 KKNW. You can reach me off air at 206-250-6545 or while on air, 425-373-5527. And don't forget, if you're interested in learning more about MGO Systems, to go to their website, mgosystems.com. And we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No. I'm asking it questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Sarcoma. Odds are you've never heard that word before. But for the 40 people diagnosed with sarcoma every day, it is a life-changing word. Life-changing and devastating because sarcoma is cancer. Sarcoma is a cancer of bone and soft tissue more prevalent in children than in adults. More than 6,000 people lose their lives to sarcoma each year. Treatment options for sarcoma are limited 
and new therapies are desperately needed. More research and increased awareness is necessary to find a cure for a cancer that you probably didn't even know existed until now. Through awareness, advocacy, and research, the Sarcoma Foundation of America is determined to help those affected by this forgotten cancer, to bring hope to the children and adults whose lives are forever changed by a word they had never heard before. Please help us in the fight to find the cure for sarcoma. For more information on sarcoma and the work of the Sarcoma Foundation of America, please go to curesarcoma.org. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Hello and welcome back to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show that covers home ownership from soup to nuts. We air each Tuesday here on 1150 KKNW at 3 p.m. You can reach us on air at 425-373-527. I am your host, Greg McKim. Today I have two guests. One is Ken Prestigard from Paragon Partners. They represent a company called MGO Systems and the President of MGO, Scott Jenkins, is here with us. Before the break, we talked quite extensively about what MGO Systems is, in case you're just tuning in. It is a product that replaces your standard type of wall. It can even replace foundations, see, uh, roofs, and floors with a, a board that's made out. It's like a concrete, but it's made out of magnesium oxide, and it has properties. I mean, it's almost like something that you fly the Starship Enterprise through a galaxy with. Stuff's impermeable. Well, I probably can't go that far. you got to be a little bit careful. But in case you weren't listening at the beginning, I, w- I, I, I found out about them, went online and watched a video. They had a couple of um, little maybe woodsheds, and they were showing a regular structure made out of typical plywood and two-by-fours, and they set it on fire, and then they set one on fire that's made out of these modular wall systems from the MGO product, and the regular standard wood one burned down within minutes, and the MGO just stood there. Just kind of, whatever. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's incredibly fire-resistant. It's also mold-resistant, insect and rodent-resistant. doesn't off-gas. It's carbon-neutral during the production, so it makes it eco-friendly. It's, if, I, if I were building a house right now, this is what I'd use. But I might do a little bit more research to just find out if there's something I don't understand that's bad about it. But this is what I'd use. And I'm telling you, any of you builders listening to the show right now, you need to check it out. Go to MGOsystems.com. Learn more about it. It's a little bit more expensive than the materials to build a wall, but it's so much more labor efficient that in the long run, you're going to come out ahead. And even if it were break even, you can sell a home that has features that, that other homes don't have. Huge features. And it's a very interesting story how MGO Systems started um, Scott's partner was watching television on a Sunday with his son when a, a fire started in his garage, and within seven minutes, the whole house burned to the ground. He told me personally, he goes, if we were sleeping in bed that night, we wouldn't be here today. So he sold everything to find a better way to build. 
to help protect people. And this is super fire resistant and all the other stuff is just kind of nice add-ons, you know, the mold resistant and stuff right. like that. So um, MGO is saving lives. Now keep in mind, listeners, if you missed the first part of the show, you can listen to the podcast at 1150kknw.com under audio. Uh, I see it every time. Audio. Audio. Audio archives. <laughs> Look for Home Talk with Greg McKim. Again, 1150kknw.com audio archives. Fascinating stuff. So now let's talk about some of the stories. That's an that's a really amazing story. Thank goodness they're here today. And he's your, how long ago, did, what, what's his name? So Todd McKay. Yeah. So Todd and his wife, Vanessa, are the founders of the company. And as Ken mentioned, you know, about seven years ago, uh, they were doing a renovation of their basement, something many of your listeners have done. And their contractor had moved all the furniture and different things from the basement into their garage. And unfortunately, some, some of the materials were placed a little too close to a space heater. You know, it's something we could all probably imagine happening in oh, our yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. And luckily, when the materials caught fire, cl- too close to that space heater, it was winter time in Canada, a little chilly, so space heater was kicking on a lot. Uh, it was a garage, and then the fire got into the floorboards, and the house was engulfed within seven minutes. You know, Unbelievable. A, a typical stick-built lumber two-by-four building. With all the built to code, with all the fire blocks and all the drywall and built all the stuff. Code. It doesn't... Totally. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had an old friend from junior high on who was a retired Seattle fire captain. And we talked about fire safety. So this is something I'm going to bring to his attention. Not that he's just, he's interested in things, you know, especially it has to do with fire safety, fire prevention. Yeah, I've actually so, showed this to some firemen and they got excited about it and said, yeah, we, we need to change some code because this will definitely save lives. Well, before the show, we were talking in the lobby about insurance companies. You would think that an insurance company would recognize the value of this. And potentially if you, and there's no, we, we can't say right now, but potentially if you're a homeowner, if you bought a home, build out as material, you might be able to get a reduction on your insurance policy. This is something you want to explore. I'm not saying you can, but it seems re- reasonable, logical. So definitely that we, we hope to explore. You know, we're, we're still a relatively young company. We're mm-hmm. growing very fast and, and, you know, proud of that and trying to get in front of people. And again, thanks for having us on your show again today. But we have some meetings coming up, some presentations to some insurance company executives. We'd like to talk to more. Because we think actually the insurance companies in particular would be very interested in this solution. You know, I don't get super excited about a lot of things, but this is something that I really think is phenomenal. This is why I brought these people on the show, because I think the listening audience, somebody out there is listening and thinking, this is fantastic for me. Maybe it's an insurance agent. Maybe it's a builder. Maybe it's somebody that works for the Master Builders Association. If you're listening, go to their website, mgosystems.com. Check them out. Have them come in and do some seminars. Nothing is, you know, we, we, we all want to improve the way we live. We all want to improve how, you know, we, the efficiency of our homes, the safety of our homes. So any other ideas or stories about, have you got some stories about right now, people that are using the material in this area and what are they building with it? Yeah, Scott's got a story about a school that was built in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so the Avant-Garde Academy, it was one of our early projects. Um, so the school was looking, it's a charter school. They're looking for speed. They wanted to, their donors wanted the school built to hit certain timelines to make sure they met, uh, the deadline for when school was going to start in Mm -hmm. the fall. So speed, prefabricated construction, one of the benefits of our solution. And that's the world I come from is building technologies. So great. But two weeks after the building opened, the Tampa area, that panhandle area was hit by Hurricane Irma. A building beside the school was flattened only cosmetic damage to the school. So some windows were blown out and others. The, so we have a representative, actually, we just recently um, 
presented to the Minister of Infrastructure in the Bahamas. And as we all know, and many of your listeners would know, the Caribbean and the Southeast United States has had a lot of really large, powerful storms hit it in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And the intensity seems to be increasing. So that's obviously an advantage as well. This is structurally a much better solution. Now, why is it structurally? Okay, I think of how back in my day, it's been a long time, by the way, <laughs> where I, you know, I, I, I'll build a home. And I remember, you know, how we hooked the plates to the, into the concrete and screwed them in, you know, through the, through the lag nuts and, you know, how we, and, and I mean, I, I don't, how, how do, let's say if you're putting the panels up, how are they hooked together? So, so the panels, the easiest way I think for your listeners is to think of it almost like a, a, a hardwood floor. It's a tongue and groove. Oh. And then they're here. It's very simple. Steel studs are integrated right in the panels for structure. So it's a structural panel. So this school in Tampa, was it built foundation, s- walls, floor, and ceiling? I mean, roof all with, with the panels? So the floor wasn't us. But mm-hmm. the ceiling was, the roof. Yeah. Actually, the, the largest panels we did were nearly 36 feet long for the gymnasium. So the gymnasium is two sets of panels in kind of almost an A-frame configuration, two stories up. 36 by what? So 36 by 8 feet wide each panel, and each panel had a 14-inch steel girder integrated into the panel. Oh. So we call those just kind of our own internal uh, nickname, jumbo panels. So they're really smaller panels with yeah. the steel they structure. They come with cheese? They come with cheese. Yeah. We're limited in size by the tractor trailer. <laughs> yeah. We can ship them on. The other great part of this story that I liked about the school, it's it's very cool that a hurricane hit it and it stood tall, but this two-story, 40-classroom building was built in 120 days. So the speed of construction with the MGO systems helped get that job done and the school okay, open. I, I wouldn't know how to measure that. What would a typical, like they probably would use, you know, tilt-up, concrete wall so maybe they, I don't know maybe they use stick built what would it be typical? well if it was stick built I had a meeting uh, recently uh, with the CEO of a large uh, general contractor that build a lot of schools they also do some clinics some multifamily and generally it's a year and a half to two years to build a school three months versus a year to- now that's post them doing the foundation yeah yeah so, yeah but, okay you so, know, and some aesthetics but, but okay yeah. w- once you have you know you've done the excavation you're ready to you got all your elevations done you're ready to start actually putting the framing on and move, how, 120 days that you're saying, Ken? That was for a school. Okay. Yes. Versus that same school, if it were if it were a regular, you know, a regular type of building materials, which would be either wood or concrete, would be six months from that spot point on. Yeah, at least six months. Maybe so you're longer. talking half the time. Well, and again, getting back to our earlier conversation, that's if you can get the trades. That's yeah. assuming everybody shows up on time. Well, yeah, and on yeah, schedule. but that's that's a, that's that a whole other issue. That's all. So now let's go back to why. So you've got walls that are you know vertical. And they're tongue and grooved together, all right. And um, and then they're adhered, they're glued. Where that, where those tongue grooves, they're glued together there. Yeah, glued, glued, screwed, and glued that, that's and where that, that steel beam's going to be. It's glued and fastened. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a typical wall is what eight by four. Uh, so for us, it's whatever the specs. You know, we're going to okay, make the so, panel. Well, in your case, you did a thirty-six by eight. Yeah. But a, but a typical wall is a typical wants. wall eight by four. I'd say it's usually more about ten feet if it's residential. You know, well, I'm thinking because if higher. if it's you could go a little bit bigger because it, you're not handling as much material and you're doing it right. It's now also it seems to me. Think, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, that you could do unique patterns. You say, okay, what do you want it to look like? And you, not everything's rectangular or square. I mean, you could do triangles, octagons, yeah, whatever Obi you want. Strip. 
we're now we're not going to do a curve, you know, with these panels. This is a cement board, so it doesn't, you know, you could do maybe a whole bunch of small little panels. That'd be an interesting project. Okay, but uh, it's fairly flexible as to what fairly you, flexible what to design. Can, it's not. Design, this okay. is not cookie cutter. You know, this is like take the architectural dreams of the clients, the homeowners, the architect, the designers, and then build it rather than as we've been talking, building it stick built with two by fours and drywall and insulation and everything that okay, we now, traditionally do. Audience, I have a I have a, a sample of this. It's just a little mini wall in my hands and I'm looking at it and there are holes drilled through the styrofoam which is for different types of conduit. Electrical, Electrical and plumbing potentially. Okay. So are those standard, or do you guys drill them where the specs tell you so they know, so, so like the, the, the architects, that, or they just, each one of them has it, then they just run their conduit through it because there's, there's, there's enough of them they can, they can work with it. I think it could be both. Uh, we go by the plans where they want to put their power, and we put it there, and then we can actually put some other uh, channels in there for uh, future-proofing. Oh, so you can customize where you put these conduit tunnels, or what do you That's call correct. them? That's Yep. Yeah, it's chases, so we call them chases. Chases, okay, all right. But, but, but actually, I think a tunnel is kind of a great way to sort of visualize for the listener. Yeah, there. yeah, kind of, it makes more sense. Know, mm-hmm. And then they can feed their electrical conduit, or we would do it for them, or the plumbing and whatever they need. Okay, any other stories you think? Yeah, you asked a, about a, a, some stories, and I have a real short one. Um, these walls are super energy efficient, so it's costing you less to heat and cool your space because it's not losing that heat out of the walls like in conventional construction. So the story is there There was a home up in Calgary, south of Calgary. It's 50 below outside, and then the garage did not have a heater in it, and it was holding its temperature at about 32. With this system? With this system, with and no were, heater. Were those six-inch walls there, though? Six-inch walls. Okay, and not, no, no wider. Wow, six-inch, yeah. no thicker. I mean, no so kidding. Super so energy efficient. The temperature swings, so if we think about for um, homeowners or building owners in, you know, hot areas and their air conditioning costs in the summer or in climates where in the wintertime it's chilly and we need to heat it, the temperature swings of those structures are far uh, less. So your heating and cooling costs are lower. The R value can be higher. We could do an R45 wall if we did it thicker. So those were six-inch walls. But if we did an eight-inch wall, that's up to the client. Is is your typical wall six inches? Usually six inches. Okay. Is a 10-inch wall about R50? 10-inch wall would be pushing R50. The 6-inch wall is, is R25 to R30. Okay. How do you do headers for doors and windows? And for the audience, that means where you have a, a door or window, there's special framing around that to support the structure above and around it. How do, you, how do you do headers? So we would prefabricate that in the manufacturing plant. So, it, so it, But it's still made out of the MGO? No. The, the, that, the, or, the, the, what we would do is either with a steel header oh, yeah, okay. or a wood header, depending okay. on what the client wanted right. and what we thought made the most sense, so that it becomes very easy for the window and door manufacturer or installer. They're working with the exact materials they're used to, and it's just done out of the specifications for the building. So the, out, the openings for those windows and doors come prefabricated. One of the things that I remember when I was a young carpenter, young man being a carpenter, is I had a you know older guy there forever, and he taught you how to you know make sure you took the belly and the crown and you reversed them so that you had straight, so your things would be plumb and they'd be level. And one of the things I noticed about a lot of the newer homes is that doors and windows don't they start to settle and they don't shut and close very easy. Are you going to get straighter and more plumb and level? openings and headers for doors and windows with this type of material where you've got the steel in there and the head or is it depend upon how it, no i'd say absolutely be it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be, be far superior okay 
Yeah. Most do most of your clients prefer the steel framing for for when for uh, all of my clients at this point that I've quoted projects for prefer the steel. You know, one of my um, friends, he's a person who's been his family actually family of home appraisers. I've known him since nineteen oh my gosh nineteen ninety two. His father for a while was doing um, steel framing in this area and trying to get it to catch on because it, it was catching on in Japan because of so many earthquake prone over there. But it never really caught on. But he swore it was it's straighter, cheaper long term, more reliable. Just you know, but just just like you were talking about earlier, Scott, you too, Ken. There's a resistance. The industry, they, 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 they know what they do. It's something different. And they just go, ah, oh, maybe. And then they keep moving forward with what they've done for yeah, the, years. Yeah, the construction industry, you know, it, it, it's, you know it's, it's, it, it's one of the world's largest industries. It's built on relationships. There's yeah. a lot of local skilled craftsmen and craftswomen, and, and it's their relationships. And, and why change? This is the way we've always done yeah. it. But I think what's, what's happening is people are realizing, wait a sec, this new generation, what's a better, what better materials are out there? And it's going to cost me how much and how long to build? That doesn't make sense. So let's, let's think about prefab. I think in North America, we're kind of waking up that prefab, i.e. building off-site and shipping to-site, is more efficient. And well, as we become more and more, um, I guess, carbon-sensitive, too, to the whole process. You know, you think about when you're buying anything— What's the carbon footprint from the time they took it out of the ground all the way till it ends up in my house or my hands? Ken, now you're 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 in the sales and marketing business. Yes, Pro- that's you're, true. You're promoting this product across uh, four states: Oregon, Washington, what was it? Alaska and Hawaii. Alaska and Hawaii. And um, so far, the reception from the industry positive, neutral, hard to. S- well, I can tell the story about your cousin. Uh, you said give him a call. I gave him a call, and had, yep. you gave me the soft inter- introduction, which was fantastic. Uh, I looked at his website, and he's using SIP panels with OSB plywood. Okay. Um, got to the meeting with him, and he was ecstatic of the the fire resistant material and the mold resistant, and he saw this as a better way to build. Mm-hmm. And, and so he he would um, be an early adopter too, I would think. And he also saw it as uh, a niche or n- another feather in his hat, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yep. To make his product stand out from the competition. Absolutely. Yeah, a key differentiator, I think. You know, you know, for for his business, the the homes that he designs and helps build, they're beautiful. Yeah, they really you know, we, are. We, 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 we talked about some of them and saw some of the images. This would be just that further key differentiator yeah. to show that he's a market leader. And, and again, I can't, it's not like a, a, you know, a, a broken record. If it costs the same, how can you go wrong? If it actually costs less because the labor's less, you're you're ahead twice. Yeah, and and why are we building homes with a 30-year lifespan when we can use MGO systems and have a 100-year lifespan? Oh, I hadn't thought about the lifespan business. That's a good point. So it, it, it's an interesting thing here in North America. Like, you know, a lot of the homes that we're building, and especially in some of these, you know, the tract housing, kind of the entry-level yeah. homes, they're 20 to 30-year lifespans. Oh, yes. It's a disposable. The largest purchase of our life, the most important thing we will ever buy is disposable. Okay. I didn't ask you this. Paint. Do you use regular paint on this, or does it come with a finish that you don't have to paint? How, what, do you, what do you do for the so surface? You, so you would paint. So on the exterior of your, your home, so mm-hmm. let's use homes as an example, however you want to finish it, stucco, brick, whatever type of cladding that you would normally use, that's a, applicable. 
the MGO board takes paint. On the inside, generally, it would be paint. So it would be whatever right. you want. So th- is this, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm touching something with my hand, audience. I'm touching the MGO board because I have a sample here. So the outside surface, is this what you would consider, say, you know, the, the, the plywood before you put your siding on, before you put your hardy board? That's your- a great analogy. That'd be great. Is that right? but, but I guess you wouldn't, you know, to, to use the Hardy Board example, and that's a product actually that's been around for a while. It's proven to be a pretty good product. Proven to be a pretty the good product. The biggest challenge with it is it expands and contracts. And, it, and it's Portland cement. It's a normal cement yeah. based and it can on crumble. magnesium. It can crumble. Yeah. And it's heavy. It's well, very yeah, heavy. It's heavy yeah. But from a fire resistance perspective, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And it's a lot, lot better than the LPGP. <laughs> yeah, and aluminum precursor. siding for how homes yeah, yeah. and all of those products. Well, um, that's one of my favorite movies of all time, Tin Men. You ever see it's it? It's a great movie. <laughs> I was, it's funny as uh, watching your face. I was thinking the exact same thing, those guys <laughs> trying to sell the vinyl siding. Oh, man. Okay, so a person would always put some sort of exterior cladding over this for appearance purposes? For appearance purposes, you would, for all sure. Right. I would think so. And on some of the industrial buildings that we're doing now, they may not. They may just paint them. You know, could, but you could. You could just paint this. You could just paint it. Okay. Uh, it's time to go another break, so let's go do that, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up with some more um, qu- questions and answers about the MGO. By the way, I'm talking with Scott Jenkins, the president of MGO Systems, and Ken Prestigard from Paragon Partner. He represents MGO in Washington, Alaska, Oregon, and Hawaii. If you want to learn more about this phenomenal product, go to MGOSystems.com. Again, MGOSystems.com. By the way, I don't get paid for this. I'm just excited about it. This is Greg McKim. You're listening to Home Talk. We'll be right right back after these messages. Every winter, up to 20 million tons of salt are applied to U.S. roads. Road salt can keep drivers safe. But when too much salt is applied on roads, it can pollute streams, kill fish, and increase salt levels in our drinking water. The good news is we can protect water quality and keep drivers safe. You can help. Join the Isaac Walton League's Winter Salt Watch to receive a free stream test kit. Then, simply dip the test strip in your stream to measure the salt level. Use your smartphone to share your results on the Winter Salt Watch map. If the salt levels in your stream are too high, the Isaac Walton League can share ways other communities are reducing salt usage. Ask for your free test kit today. To get yours, go to saltwatch.org. That's saltwatch.org. If you talk they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, you. you can do it if you try. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. 
Hi, and welcome back to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show that covers home ownership to the moon and back again. <laughs> we talk about just about anything and everything related to owning a home each Tuesday at 3 to 4 here on 1150 AM, AM KKNW. I'm your host, Greg McKim. During the show, please feel to call, free to call in at 425-373-5527. You can reach me off air at 206 206- Two five zero six five four five, or email me at gmckim at lonezilla.com or visit lonezilla.com and you can listen to this or prior shows by podcast at 1150kknw.com under audio archives and I don't do this very much but I am going to give myself a little plug today if you're thinking about or you know anybody looking to get a home loan for, for a refinance or purchase please think of us we're local and we have to do it. We have really competitive rates. We know what we're doing. I think the average person at the company has at least 20 years experience. And most importantly, you're not putting your money with the big banks. Just in case you haven't listened to the show before, I'm trying to get everybody to quit banking with the big banks. So my guests today are Scott Jenkins, president of MGO Systems, and Ken Prestergaard with Paragon Partner, who represents MGO in Alaska, Washington, Oregon, and Hawaii. So if you've been listening, what they have is a very unique and remarkable product to replace the standard construction walls, foundations, floors, and roofs of any type of building. We talked about residential homes, schools, uh, commercial buildings. And Scott, you mentioned that it's really growing in the agricultural sector because? Well, largely because of mold resistance, uh, thermal capabilities, you know, the the interior grows. So think of greenhouses, but more of these industrial buildings. Uh, These type of sectors where there's large buildings being constructed to build, you know, everything that's legal and about to be legal in the United States and Canada. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Uh, There's superior capabilities for these buildings and they want quality control. They want to make sure that their buildings are constant temperature, constant humidity, constant lighting for the best product possible. Now, one of the it's a sad story, but people probably are familiar with the terrible tragedy that happened in Paradise, California last summer. The burning down of an entire city basically. And those homes predominantly, I'm sure, were stick-built wooden homes that went up just, you know, like like bonfires. So as they start to rebuild those communities, you mentioned was it you Ken or Scott? It was Scott about Scott, the insurance company. About insurance companies saying, "Well, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Why don't we think about building something that's going to be a little bit more fire resistant since predictions are we're going to have more of these as the climate warms? Yeah. So, you know, some of the tragic fires and we've, we've seen, you know, some construction fires, they happen all the time. They're in the news, uh, whether it's, you know, for condos, other buildings, you know, our, our cities, our population is growing. We're building into areas that are prone to fires. They're more dense. And at the end of the day, what we want to see is we want to see safer buildings that allow people, our families, all of us have families, more time to get out, Mm. to escape. And and that tragedy, you know, now they're going back and and they're trying to rebuild exactly the same way. And so some of the insurance companies are saying, wait a sec, we don't want to insure these buildings. This may happen again. We don't want this tragedy to happen again. If these people would have had more time, you know, could, could lives have been saved? The answer is yes. Like I'll go on record, this w- this would have saved lives. From I, I based on what I've seen of the product, it makes total sense to me. I don't have any way to document it, but of course I'm going to believe you. And anybody who doubts it, go on the website and, and watch their videos. And you saw the blowtorch. And I saw the blowtorch. It's just unbelievable. Um, 
Now, you have a factory right now in Canada. Yeah, so we manufacture in Alberta, Canada, so Mm -hmm. obviously uh, very close here to Washington State, and we're expanding our operations. But uh, we've recently just started our manufacturing at our new facility in Indio, California. Where is Indio? So Palm Springs area. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Indio is is, uh, our new uh, U.S. home so that we've expanded our manufacturing there and largely actually to, to service the California, Oregon, Washington market. Um, and for us, it's we have a lot of customers in that valley, so it's great to be close to our customers. And mm-hmm. so we've got a team that we're building there right now. We're actually looking to hire a, a new plant supervisor. So if anybody wants to move to Indio, California, <laughs> it's going to get a little toasty down there here shortly, but it's been beautiful the last yeah, few months. Yeah. So. And the story I love about opening up the plant, too, is that uh, Scott's partner, Todd McKay, he ran the first boards through the system. So that's that's. Pretty exciting. He's a hands-on guy. Hands-on. Oh, that's neat. I and like actually, that. you know, a little plug for Todd. You know, and and you know why I I joined the company. I've known him now for about three years, and decided to leave Dirt. He uh, he's a contractor himself, much like yourself, Greg. Like his background is construction. Mm-hmm. You know, when he sits down with our clients, you know, he's he's been in construction for thirty years as an electrical contractor, a general contractor, and built a lot of buildings and seen a lot of issues and and worked through a lot of problems. So, um, you mentioned also a little bit about R and D. Some of the things that, as a company, MGO is researching and, and, and working on. So our head of R&D is a gentleman by the name of uh, Doug Brown. He's a PhD chemist. So we believe in constant, and we're going to actually increase our investment in R&D. We've added to our R&D team recently. Uh, so Doug is working on some very interesting things with magnesium oxide and other building materials, but largely magnesium oxide and potentially developing an insulation product. Now, this is a long way away. Uh, we filed some intellectual property on that, but we think there's an opportunity there to potentially also enter the renovation market with insulation based on magnesium oxide that, again, would be highly fire resistant. So now right now, the product has the two magnesium oxide boards and in between it has styrofoam. Would you be replacing the styrofoam with some sort of magnesium oxide product? Is that what That's you're thinking about? That's the goal. That is the goal. So and then then one it, of the reasons, because that even makes it more fire resistant, so that ups the fire rating big time. Okay. Yeah, so a typical wall for us would be approximately a two-hour firewall. Mm-hmm. That's our standard wall. That's what C- Compare that to a typical stick built with with sheetrock over it. 30 minutes to an hour. 30 minutes to an hour. So it's two... two Maybe an hour, if it, they test it in pristine conditions. So at least two, at least two times better. Correct. Okay. So if you have the magnesium oxide-based foam, and you know, we've run a lot of tests over the last two years, we've partnered with a couple technical schools, um, so we, we see a path to commercialization, theoretically, three to four hour firewall. Now, styrofoam, I don't know exactly what it's made out of, but I, I just think of it, you know, as being that it's kind of lightweight and crunchy. You could put your fingers into it. Would that, would, would it be this, would it be some sort of styrofoam infused with the magnesium oxide or be completely a magnesium oxide product? How completely is Completely different. Uh, the way uh, I would view it is a potential, almost like a Swiss cheese concrete if you would, hmm. would be the best way to kind of visualize. Okay. Uh, so the air itself would give you the thermal capabilities, yeah. but then with the magnesium oxide, it would be the uh, fire resistance. Now, do you see any challenges with some of the trade wars, the saber rattling between us and China with the cost of the magnesium going up? Has it happened yet? Is it something you guys are a little concerned about? It has. Okay. It has, no. Yeah, it's actually a really good question. Uh, there's a 10% tariff on magnesium board coming into uh, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're working with bringing that onshore production, potentially working with our partners and developing, you know, uh, board 
in North America, you know, potentially a made North American solution. That's a little ways off as well. Now, there, uh, but, but as far as actual mining sources, there's just not that much of it in North America. Is it because it hasn't been explored and they haven't found it, or is they've looked for it and they just, it is not there? You know, I, I don't really know the answer. What I what I do know is, you know, China has uh, 65% of the world's of the known, known deposits. raw magnesium deposits. Okay. Uh, high, or good quality. Good quality. Not high quality, good quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Russia and North Korea, two other very pro-U.S. countries, have the largest, <laughs> the, the, the other big chunk. However, yeah. in, in Canada and in Nevada, there's two mines, and there's an operational mine in British Columbia, Canada, that's been operational for 30 years that has, to our knowledge, the highest quality magnesium deposit in the world. And so that's something you guys are looking at, too. If They're we, a strategic if it's possible. partner of ours. Okay, so there you go. Okay, let's. we haven't talked about any of the cons. Are there any, in your mind, what are some of the downsides of this product, the installant? Any, are there any? And the, the biggest downside is just changing people's perceptions on how to build. Okay. Um, the, the, that's the biggest con because we're, we're out there, we're not selling a product, we're educating people on a product, and the light bulb goes off when they get it. How much extra training for a good carpenter that knows their way around tools and could, you know, think things through? How much extra training does it really take to, to, to start installing these versus other uh, types of... Negligible. A good, a good carpenter, um, you know, anybody with a construct... It, it's actually easier than traditional construction where a good carpenter, your background, you know, and telling that story about matching the wood yeah. and, and getting it even and all yeah, the tips the of the crowns trade. crowns and the and, bellies, yeah. You know, and, and, and I've lived the life as well, you know, and making sure you measure things on the diagonals to figure out if it's oh, truly yeah. square. That's, that's a great little trick too, yes, right? that's right. You yes, know, that's we did that. That's one of the tricks of the trade, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Well, you don't need that with our stuff. It's coming prefab all squared and CNC'd and machined. Um, what it would do is it would give, you know, a lot of builders a competitive advantage in speed, you know, a higher performance building. But to Ken's point, it it's a new way of thinking and that's right. tough for people. Yeah, you know, we're in a world that's moving very rapidly and younger people are more adaptive or usually but more receptive to disruption, if you will. So it seems to me that there's a huge future in this, which I, you guys, it's wonderful for you. Well, we, we appreciate that, you know, you, you took the effort to kind of learn about this and get all excited is because you're as excited as we are. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, it's about time to wrap up the show. And I'd like to thank both uh, Scott and Ken for coming on the show today. As I mentioned to Scott, when I first met him, I have two brothers named Scott. Of course, neither of them are listening to me right now. One of them lives in California, but the second one was a stepbrother, so we, we didn't make him change his name. We just called him Little Scotty for a long time until he, he got tired of that. But he's a big Scott now with his own son. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Greg, thanks a lot. We really appreciate but, it. Thank you, Greg. This is awesome. You bet. And uh, listeners, please, again, if you have any interest in this product, learn more about it, go to mgosystems.com. I want to thank you this week and every week that you tune in and listen to Home Talk with me. As you know, it's my goal to help you learn more about the values and, and uh, of owning a home and also how to maintain and build the best type of home, the safest type of home. I appreciate you listening. You, you can call me off air at 206-250-6545. That's Greg at 206-250-6545. You can reach me at gmckim at lonezilla.com. Again, you can go to our website, lonezilla.com, or listen to this or prior shows by podcast at 1150kknw.com. And with your help, let's go out and crush the big banks. Thanks. Have a good evening.